you know, I think a lot of guys are having really important conversations. Again, that goes back to the foundation. Um, and I think if we can build up a nice enough foundation as this movement continues, we'll get better leadership, we'll get more of a direction, um, and we'll be able to make some major moves. But, you know, I think, I think everything's moving in the right direction because of uh, what we've been able to build up to this point. From Front Office Sports, it's Office Hours, a show where we take you inside the minds of some of the most influential names in the sports industry to break down where things have been and where they are going. Before we get to today's episode, here's a quick word from our sponsor, Bitrix. New crypto traders have a wide range of options when it comes to selecting tokens, and the same is true for the trading platform they choose to operate on. There are many factors to consider when deciding on a platform, like token selection, trading features, and trade execution speed. But perhaps the most important is security. Bitrix stands above the competition as the most reliable trading platform and sets the standard for security and convenience in the crypto space. Its innovative solutions offer best-in-class asset protection without making compromises on trade, execution, or flexibility. As part of an industry that hinges on security and accountability, Bitrix is committed to protecting its customers in every part of their crypto trading journey. Bitrix respects its users' trust in the platform and rewards that trust with an ever-expanding list of features and functionalities designed to improve their experience. To learn more about our technology and why Bitrix is the superior choice for keeping your crypto secure, visit www.bitrix.com. Again, visit www.bitrix.com. That's B-I-T-T-R-E-X.com. I'm Adam White, and on today's episode, we're joined by Los Angeles Chargers defensive end, Isaac Rochelle. A product of Notre Dame, Rochelle has used his time during quarantine to start Local Human, a one-to-one apparel company that he hopes becomes the next Tom's. Isaac, it's uh, it's probably been a little bit different of what would I guess be a pre-pre-season here with uh, everything that's going on in the world, but uh, thanks again for joining us. Oh, no doubt. Um, you're exactly right, though. It's been super weird just with everything going on. I mean, it's like 2020 is like, it's it's got a mind of its own. Yeah, it does. And look, I mean, we'd love to kind of, uh, you know, have you walk us through what what the time during quarantine has, has been, right? For for an NFL player, it's probably a little bit different than, you know, your average person, your average professional. So we'd love to kind of just get how the, the last 60 days have been for you and then also, you know, take us through what you've done with, with Local Human, which is something I know you're super passionate about. Yeah, so it's, it, I mean... It, it's a good question because it's it is kind of like a two uh, two headed monster. One has been figuring out how I can be as productive as possible as a professional athlete, um, and it's funny because before we hit record, we were talking about Badge Michael Badgley. So him and I have set up like a whole at home gym um, here at our apartment complex, which has made it a lot easier to be productive. So we've been doing that, um, and then I've been kind of finding my finding different ways to get on fields and do field work. So it's kind of been a combination of those two things, but I mean, it's crazy. Just like you, you would never think as a professional athlete that you'd have this much trouble just finding places to do field work. I mean, it's, it's just, it's a weird time, but we've been, we've been creative and unique uh, and found out ways um, to do that. And then, like I said, it's a two headed monster. So then the other side, uh, I've had time to really develop different initiatives to give back. And I think it's something that I've done throughout my career, but sometimes um, getting everything really organized and and making it happen is difficult while you're playing. Um, And so now that I've had more time, I've been able to create an apparel company that, that is kind of two things. One, 
it's a one-for-one company similar to like a Tom's. So if you buy a shirt, we donate a shirt to foster centers around the country. Um, But we go a step further, and this is the other part. We donate $10 per shirt um, to the campaign of the month. Um, So we've worked with Meals on Wheels, American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, um, and then we're going to work with No Kid Hungry. Right now we're working with um, a few different organizations dealing with Black Lives Matter movement. But that's kind of the – kind of what we've done to answer your question in quarantine sounds like you've uh you've kept busy but what is it uh you know for you and having that time to really take a step back and and see what what else you could do off the field there's probably never been a moment in your career quite quite like this right from high school to college to to even now yeah i mean right what other time in my career am i gonna have essentially eight months off and then four of those months, I can't even leave my house. I mean, it's, it's like you said, it's just crazy timing to be able to get some stuff done. Um, and like you said, it's, it's what we've been able to do. Um, and, and it's, like I said earlier, it's something that I've really wanted to do my whole career. Um, I've started initiatives like see one Sunday, which is a social media initiative, um, and other things, but this is the, this is the one time because I have so much time that I can really build out something that can really last a long time. And I think be really successful. What is this time outside of being able to, uh, you know, execute on some of these ideas that you've had, but what has this time also taught you not only about just the world, but you know, yourself in general too, right? Again, there's not even a lot of times where most people have this amount of time to even self-reflect, think about their other passions, think about things that they want to do, right? Uh, for a professional athlete, it's a little bit different. You have a opportunity to play a game however long that lasts, but then light, usually life after the game is much longer. So, you know, what is, what is this whole kind of, you know, off period, if we want to call it that, um, been like for not only what you're doing currently with Local Human, but how you can kind of see your career progressing off the field whenever that time comes? Yeah, I think I think I've always kind of had the competitive mindset of wanting to be great and wanting to have as long of a career as I possibly can. And I think like the more that I've been able to develop things off the field, it's made me realize even more how important those goals I have on the field are. Um, you know, the better the better I become at football and the more productive I can be on the field, um, the more I can do off the field. And so it's just it's it's looking at it kind of in two ways. One, I want to be the best. And that's just that's just who I am in the competitive nature. And then two, as that happens, leveraging that to really make an impact in the community and in, in our country. Um, so it really has been such such a beneficial time for me I think in my career that's awesome and and walk us through like starting the business right and starting local human and getting it off the ground was there hurdles was there like how was that whole process right you've been you know been a professional athlete here and a you know high level athlete for a long time but now you're starting a business did you run into any hurdles like what was what was that all like yeah I mean it's there's hurdles everywhere Um, and you're so right. It's like, I've been doing football for the last, uh, four years in the NFL going into four and then obviously in college, uh, doing it as well. But it's like, I haven't, this is the first time I've kind of stepped into this world and built out a business, you know, kind of independently. Um, so I guess the thing that's helped me the most is having uh, a partner that has, has built apparel companies before. So he's kind of handled all like the 
the operational stuff, which has been huge. Um, but for me, the hurdles that I've faced is just really trying to get the message out to people. I mean, that can become difficult sometimes of getting people to understand how impactful just buying a shirt can be. Um, and you know, that's on us to communicate that message, but I would say that's kind of the biggest thing. Um, because you know, we're, we're very confident that if enough people hear about it and kind of understand what we're doing, that it can be a really, uh, I mean, really beneficial company to a lot of different organizations and just a really, uh, like I, like I've said, long lasting company. How'd you and your partner meet? How, what was the, the backstory there? How'd you guys, uh, how'd you guys find each other? Yeah, so it's funny. I I got a dog at the end of the season last year. My girlfriend was hounding me wanting to get a dog. And I finally triggered uh, getting one, and my dog's unreal. But having gone to the dog park so much in my apartment complex, you just start to mingle with people. Um, and having my Notre Dame background, whenever I meet people, it's I always look at it as a networking opportunity. Whether that's good or bad, I don't know. Um, but that's just how I look at initial interactions and getting to know people. Um, and so just started networking with this dude at the dog park. Like I said, he started successful apparel companies before. Um, and that's just, we just kind of, we kind of meshed and then just ran with it. But that's how I met him was just through having a little puppy at my, uh, apartment complex. The power of dogs, right? <laughs> they always, it always brings you together in some way. That's, uh, that's awesome. So how's the first, what you guys have been doing it now for what, a couple months uh, since you started it fully, I'm assuming? Yeah, we're, we're going into month. Uh, this is three now. I mean, it's grown fast. We, I think we're probably at about uh, a little over a thousand total shirts sold. Um, but you're talking about we're, we're donating, like I said, a shirt and $10 for everyone sold. So you're talking about 10,000 plus dollars really already donated. Um, I mean, that's massive in three months to be able to do that. And we see ourselves as facilitators. So, uh, for instance, uh, Adam, if you're like, Hey, I want to donate, but I don't know how you can just buy our shirt and we're just the facilitators to give you the opportunity to donate. And that's, what's so cool for us that we've helped that many people donate and then on the other side we've helped uh these organizations that are making a huge impact just have another way to receive donations why do you think something like this is is important now more than ever given all of that's going on in our society and in our world right uh having a you know an opportunity and a, and a gateway to not only um provide what would be clothing but also provide some sort of resources for for causes yeah, I think, one, it's a great question because, like, I think a lot of people have this challenge of how can I, how can I give back and what, what can I do, especially now. So our campaign this month, like I said, is going to, it's going to three different organizations that are contributing to the whole Black Lives Matter movement. So it's Campaign Zero, which deals with uh, changing legislation, uh, dealing with police brutality, the United Negro College Fund. Uh, kind of self-explanatory, helping minorities uh, in their quest to go to college, and then National Fair Housing Alliance, um, which deals with red light, with breaking down the uh, the barriers uh, for minorities to be in different communities. So the point that I'm trying to make is a lot of people are seeing all this information about Black Lives Matter and you know protesting and whatever or whatever it may be, and what we want to do is we want to, we want to create action steps for people 
Like what is something tangible that you can do to actually change legislation or just give minorities a better opportunity in our world? Um, and I think that's why it's so important because again, there's so much more, there's so much information and what we're doing is giving people like an easy platform, just buy a shirt. So, and we've gone a step further this campaign and, and we've, we've said, you know what, we're just going to give $15 to these organizations per shirt. So you're talking about a $30 shirt, half of the money is getting donated. And then we're going to go buy a shirt to be donated to a foster center. Um, and that's why it's important. We're giving people this easy opportunity to, to, you know, take action. That's awesome. And, and what's the, what's the reception been wise, uh, your team and some of your other, the people closely around you, how have, how have they kind of seen the, the whole initiative? Yeah, they love it. I mean, for me, it's been, I, I haven't wanted to bombard people with, Hey, like, can you post this or whatever? So it's kind of been like a very organic, um, or an organic relationship that local humans had with my teammates and NFL players around, um, in different states and on different teams. Um, but everybody is hyped about it. I mean, people love it. Uh, it's, it's very, it's an easy sell for us because if somebody loves it and, and they post it, then they can kind of, um, know that because of their post and because of their influence, they were able to donate X amount of dollars. And I think that's a really cool sell for guys, but, uh, guys love it. I mean, we had, we're going up to a protest on Sunday. Well, we've been raising money to support protesters by handing out water and all these different things. And uh, a lot of my teammates are going to it. And it's like people, people are sold out to, to the cause and just the idea of giving back and making an impact. So for you guys, what's the, what's the long-term kind of plan with, with local human? Obviously you're going to have to go back to football at some point, uh, hopefully, right? Like that's, that's going to happen. And um, you know, things are, Things are probably, hopefully, going to go back to what is some normal. But how do you kind of uh, how do you kind of see what the future of the the business looks like? Yeah, so I think what we do is we we continue to build this foundation, um, and then we build out the campaigns for through the season. So, I mean, it's June. We build out the campaigns through at least February. Um, and so then my portion of it's going to be kind of done because I've done a lot of the outreach side and, and talking to these different organizations to make things happen. Um, and then, and then that's how we, that's how we can kind of like extend uh, the longevity of the company. Um, and then we just will keep building out further and further. Uh, but you're right. When the season hits, I'm not, I mean, I can do some stuff as far as marketing and, and, and some of the PR stuff, doing interviews and whatnot. But my focus is 1 million percent on playing ball um, and, and trying to make this run to win a Super Bowl. For you, what's it um, what's it gonna what's it gonna be like when um, when you guys go and, and you start to play again and, and you guys have a new stadium coming online? You know, everything is gonna be pretty exciting. How do you kind of see all that uh, all that shaking out coming out of what has been COVID and everything else that's been going on in the world? Yeah, I mean, I can't see a better time to start football in a new stadium. I mean, assuming that we can get fans in and roll as usual, people are going to be so juiced up to just go to a football game. Um, I mean, just think about how excited people are to just go to a restaurant and, and, and eat. Or the and pool do. in your case. I mean, so juiced up to go to the pool. So just stuff like that, it's like, 
people are going to be waiting and fiending to go to a football game. Um, so, like I said, uh, it's kind of the perfect storm for it to be really successful. Uh, there's also also variables that obviously none of us can control. But, uh, you know, I'm optimistic about being in the new stadium um, and especially, you know, given everything that's going on, I think everybody will be excited to be back and uh, just watching football. You guys are working with a, a variety of, of charities and foundations and different organizations. How have those, have you been sourcing them yourself? Have you just been doing cold outreach? Uh, have they been coming to you? What is What does that process look like as you guys have built out, you know, the, the partnerships and the relationships around the different brands that you are and organizations you're supporting? Yeah, you know, it's challenging. It's challenging. I think the biggest thing for us, uh, and we didn't do it this campaign just because we wanted to get a product out as soon as possible to make an impact. But the big thing for us is we want to tell people exactly what $10 equals. Um, and, and we've been able to do that in the past. And I think that's what makes it challenging and trying to find different companies or, or organizations to donate to. Sometimes you call them and they're like, well, we don't really know what $10 would equal. What that tells me is, you know, there might be a lot of operational costs that that money's going to. And we kind of want to not donate to uh, organizations that a lot of the dollars that we give are going to go to operational costs. We want to be making a direct impact. So that's been the most challenging part, finding um, organizations that it's like $1 is going to equal like 95 cents of donations. Um, but past that, I mean, I'm a big fan of LinkedIn. You know, my Notre Dame networking abilities kick in fast. Uh, and I just kind of utilize any and every network I have. Um, so there have been challenges with it, but we've been relatively successful just being able to connect with people. Um, and really make some moves with local. No, that's that's awesome, and, and kudos to you for for taking the initiative and and really leaning on what you what you learned. Uh, I'm sure your Notre Dame uh, athletic advisors and and football advisors and coaches would be very happy to to hear that. Uh, sounds like a recruiting pitch for them coming up here sooner rather than later. No doubt. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's it's crazy because uh, I'm sure Miami's the same way, but the network with Notre Dame is like no other. I mean, people, people will, will really step out to help you out and figure out how they can make your dreams and your initiatives come to life. Um, and I'm so thankful for it. I didn't, I mean, who would have known when they were 16 years old, choosing a school, 17 years old, that that was going to come out of it. But, you know, now that I'm on the back end of it and I'm looking back at what I, the decisions I made in college, I'm just so thankful that I went to Notre Dame. And like I said, Miami's got to be the same way. Yeah, no doubt. Definitely. Very similar. Um, you know, one of the biggest storylines coming out of everything that's going on, and I know it probably has been in discussion both from a team standpoint and a player standpoint, uh, is just with the NFL and their, um, you know, I, I would say renewed focus and, and, and kind of shift in tone when it comes to, um, you know, racial injustice and what's going on in the, the country. And how has that, you know, been received internally and, and by players like you where, you know, this is this is something that really matters to a lot of people, and it's something that it seems like the league is is starting to get behind. Yeah, you know, it's it's unreal. And what I've loved most is the. I mean, I'm sure you saw it. You know, the video uh, with like Patrick Mahomes, yep. uh, Honey Badger, all these people. I mean, this is the first time in history where players, minorities, and and this is not just the NFL. This is just you know, black people everywhere 
are calling for specific actions to be taken and it's happening. And I think that is powerful. Um, you know, I think, I think the NFL, um, has done a good job of responding, you know, like a lot of people would make arguments about, uh, how genuine some of the messaging is. And my thing is, I think, I think the messaging is, um, is, is genuine in the sense that it's out there. I mean, that, I think that's the biggest thing. Um, and people can make of it what they want, but I've just, I've been proud of one, the black athletes in the NFL, kind of the way that they've stood up. I've been pleased with the response of the NFL and the way that they've handled things. And then like you're saying, their commitment moving forward uh, to really, really take a stand and making a difference in, you know, minority communities. Do you think this is like really a seminal moment for, uh, athletes as, as you know the whole idea of being more than an athlete and I, I, I feel like there's really been a, an up not an uprising but a um, you know a really kind of change in, in how athletes approach things right 10 years ago not very many athletes were starting businesses outside of what they're doing now you have athletes like yourself starting clothing brands and being activists like for you as an NFL player like what does that what does that mean now, right? I feel like it means much more than just someone who puts on a helmet on Sunday, goes out, does their job, and works out the rest of the week, right? Yeah, I think I think what we first have to look at is one the role that social media and just media in general how the what role that plays in amplifying athletes' voices. Um, I think athletes for a long time have done a good job of giving back. Um, and having voices. But I think now in this world with social media, I mean, it is so easy to spread a message. You can tweet something, you can post something, and it can go quote unquote viral. Uh, the message can spread so fast. Um, you're, you're really just a message, a direct message away from connecting with anybody. Um, so I think that plays a massive role. Uh, I think another thing to look at is, you know, how athletes' voices have been suppressed in the past. Um, you, you've probably seen the videos. I don't know the lady's name. Uh, I don't think it really matters, but just of like reporters, like for instance, LeBron trying to talk about or basketball or excuse me, LeBron trying to talk about, uh, you know, the community and giving back and his voice or his opinion on different political matters and whatnot. And people telling him his role is to dribble a basketball. So that plays a role in athletes voices too. So I think the suppression of athletes' voices has kind of went away a little bit. Like I said, this is the first time in history where black athletes are demanding certain messages to be put out so that that's gone. Um, and then again, it's just like the perfect world of social media being a thing, right? Like, again, you're, you're a click away from making a huge impact. How would you like to see all of this shake out? not in, in six months and 12 months and a year. What is, what do you think this all, this all turns out to be and, and continues to be going forward? It's, it's not something that hopefully only lasts, you know, a month, two months until the next news cycle or till, you know, the next social media thing or God forbid the next pandemic. But how do you kind of see and, and hope uh, this all plays out from your side? You know, what I'm hoping is that it's just like local humans. Like you said, what hurdles were there? And I said, there's all these hurdles, but we had a really good foundation and our operation was on point. Um, it's the same with kind of what's going on. We've had this huge movement that just happened. And the catalyst was uh, George Floyd getting brutally murdered by this police officer. 
my thing is, I think we have somewhat of a foundation and I think our operation is right. And again, I'm using the example of local human. I think guys like myself are, for instance, creating an ability for people to donate. That's going to get dollars into the right hands to make diff- or to make things uh, happen in minority communities. Um, you know, I think a lot of guys are having really important conversations. Again, that goes back to the foundation. Um, and I think if we can build up a nice enough foundation as this movement continues, we'll get better leadership, we'll get more of a direction, um, and we'll be able to make some major moves. But, you know, I think, I think everything's moving in the right direction because of uh, what we've been able to build up to this point. Yeah, no, I agree. I think it's I think it's in a really good spot, and I think you're going to see just just a, a better understanding, right? A lot of this comes out down to just having like an understanding and and listening at the end of the day, right? Listening with the intent to to learn and understand instead of listening just to to listen in general. So hopefully that that all continues. But you know, one of the uh, one of the things that I'm I'm always interested in and and with especially athletes is kind of just getting a sense from a from a legacy standpoint. Obviously, you know, you want to be the best on the field. You want to be known for for this, that, and the other, winning the Super Bowl. Um, you know, when Isaac Rochelle looks back on his career, both on and off the field, what is it that that you want to be known for? Like, what is that legacy you kind of want to leave behind? Yeah, I mean, uh, again, really good question. I think for me, it would be. He was a great player, and literally, I'd want people to say he was a great player, and he never stopped trying to impact the community. I think, like up to this point, I've been really consistent in doing that, and I think moving forward, you know, as my role grows as a player in the NFL and on my team, I hope that my role off the field grows. But I just want people to say he never stopped. And then, and then when I'm done with my career, I can feel really confident about, you know, the efforts that I put in. Yeah, that's awesome. And based on what the foundation you're putting forth today, it seems like that, uh, that is something that should be said and probably will be said, uh, by the time you're done with everything. So hopefully all of that, uh, all of that comes to fruition. And then in 10, 15, 20 years that we can listen back at this and be like, Hey, he called it then. <laughs> yeah, hopefully local human, like I've referenced Tom's, local humans is biggest Tom's and uh, and we're just making moves with these major organizations. But, you know, I, I feel like, and I, I've said it before in this conversation and I'll say it again, I feel like we are moving in the right direction. Um, but I think the biggest challenge for us is just getting eyes to the product and understanding our messaging. Yeah, no, it makes uh makes a lot of sense and hopefully once football's back and there's more eyes on the sport there's an opportunity for some lift there as as well and look uh i mean going forward outside of local human obviously you know you're focused on that but is there any other business community things that you're really interested that one day you'd like to stand up or are going to stand up as a result of what you've seen from the success from from local human like how much further does this this go in in terms of what it is that you want to do and kind of areas that you're interested in yeah, uh, I I have so many. I'm always scheming, Adam. Like I never stop scheming in my mind. Um, Love it. <laughs> I mean, and in my and then I tell myself all the greats are always scheming. I mean, you have to be if you want to be successful and productive. I would love. I, I would say a dream of mine. I would love to have like a Shark Tank type situation where it was for you know minority business owners. Um, because a lot of a lot of people believe that a major 
contributor to some of the things changing in our society is getting more, just as an example, black owned businesses. Let's get some black CEOs. Uh, I think it's all minority groups, right? I don't think it's just black people. I think it's Latino, Mexican in America. Um, I would love to have like a shark tank type thing where local human Isaac Rochelle, whoever it may be, maybe other athletes or business owners can support, uh, support these different minority ventures um, with dollars. So that's kind of another goal, but that's, that's super down the road. No, that's awesome. I'm sure there'd be a lot of appetite in there and I'm sure there even could be appetite uh, internally at, at the team. I think that would be something that would be really cool to potentially even talk to the chargers about doing uh, with oh them. God. That'd be uh, that'd be really cool, especially in the LA area. People would eat it up. And uh, you know, I have so many ideas just for other stuff too. And you know, it's, we'll see what will happen. And like I, like I've said, it's all about executing with local human um, and just getting, getting the blueprints for what it looks like to have a successful business with that. And then just, just doing that with other things and seeing what it looks like in other, um, in other business models. Yeah, no, makes, uh, makes a hundred percent sense. And look, as we, as we finish up, everyone, you probably yourself had kind of like your Mount Rushmore of football players that you looked up to and you're like, I want to be like this person. I want to be like that person. I want to play like that person. When it comes to like a Mount Rushmore of business leaders or people who've impacted their communities, who are those kind of people that you look up to and say, okay, I want to be like this person. I want to run a business like this person, right? Like what does that off the field Mount Rushmore for you look like? Shoot, that's that's a question I have never been asked. Who are kind of like leaders um, that I really look to? I think I think the reason it's hard to answer is because um, is because the leaders that I've looked to throughout my life haven't been you know crazy business owners. They haven't been necessarily people that are making this crazy impact in their community. I think it's just people. Uh, that are just consistent with, with like their attitudes and their um, want to just make an impact in their circle. Um, I think when I think about leadership and running a business, I just think of people again, who, who are not in these crazy situations. I think, what would they do in this situation? How would they handle this? Um, and I think what it really comes down to is just being genuine in what you do and just being transparent. So it's really hard for me to say one crazy business owner, um, it, because I can't think of one right now, but like I said, I can think of leaders and peers of mine who I think like, man, what would, what would they do? And I'll give you a couple examples. My brother is one great dude. I have so much respect for him. And I often think, what would, what would Matt do? And then another one is I have a really good friend. His name's James Anawalu. He's a free agent right now, but he's played in the league for three years. Um, business mind. He's super smart. Went to Notre Dame. Um, I think like, what would James do right now? So that's kind of, that's kind of how I, I think about it. Thank you all for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. Please remember to rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. If you do make sure to take a screenshot of the rating slash review and share it on social media to get some front office sports swag. We'll see you next time.